Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, this morning we are joined by Jordan Park of Calm Waters. Good morning, Jordan. Hi, good morning. Um, Jordan serves as the Assistant Programs Director for Calm Waters and is also responsible for the school group program. So, Jordan, can you give us sort of a big picture view of what Calm Waters does as a whole and then what you guys are involved in in schools? Yes. So our mission is to help um, kiddos, teens, parents, families, individuals, couples um, going through um, a grief and loss, um, including death divorce, and other significant loss. And so we call that other significant loss um, the big six because anyone can come to our center if they've experienced a death, a divorce, incarceration, deployment, deportation, Mm -hmm. and foster and adoptive care. Um, We were started in 1992 by a nine-year-old boy named Jason and his mom and Charlotte Lankard, a therapist in the city. Um, because they, um, Jason had his dad die suddenly in the night and there was wow. nothing in the city at the time. Um, and so we love telling, especially our nine-year-olds, but all of our kids that we were started by a nine-year-old and now, um, 28 years later, we're serving, you know, over thousands of families. Um, awesome. that's great. And getting to reach so many. So what do you guys have? Um, you guys have groups in schools, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we go, we're in about 11-ish districts in the metro. Mm-hmm. And again, kind of with that big six, any kiddo can come to our group pre-K through 12. And they can have, have experienced a death, divorce, incarceration, deportation, um, foster and adoptive care, and deployment. I think I hit all six. But um I usually count them in a certain order, and that was the first time I didn't do it in my normal <laughs> order, so I'm hoping I said it right. But um, we send, we have a couple different options of how a school can have that group. And so one being we send a facilitator um, after we have an online registration filled out from the counselor or parent um, and it's for that group. This is all pre-COVID, so we can talk through yeah. you know, how COVID has affected it, right. but um, and we send one of our facilitators for that age group. And we have curriculum, very kind of general for all those losses to be together. But And then we um, have an option for a counselor or a staff member at the school to be trained completely free. They get the okay. curriculum completely free. And then they get to, um, we just need, again, that online registration um, and because we wanted to take that responsibility off of the counselor to get all of that, just because um, we need that for grant funding to be able to serve as many schools. And then the third option is just if there is a community member, a beloved um, volunteer for the school who is just really passionate about learning, they get to go through our training for free, again, get the curriculum for free, and there's no kind of number uh, required number of students for those groups for the fr- the last two since they'll be through the school. And so just for us to send, we just asked for eight students in that group for us to send a facilitator to the school. You know, when I was teaching, I had um, a, a student experience a loss and Calm mm-hmm. Waters had a support group. And what was so, um, uh, you know, I, I had them in class 
And so I saw him every day. So I knew that this was going on and that he had Mm -hmm. experienced this loss and he got to go be part of this group. And, um, you know, in high school, I I mean, I know you guys serve all ages, but it was Mm -hmm. to me a great way for him to connect with other kids, something that definitely wouldn't have come up. I think for all those different students, you know, high schools are big and it was across, across cliques, across, you know, interest. It was really kids who formed this bond of support um, who mm. otherwise would have never have probably even known that about each other. And it was, oh, yeah. it was just a, such a wonderful resource. And, but it makes me wonder, you know, the reason that I knew to refer him is because I saw him every day, you know, and mm-hmm. I knew, I knew this was going on just in conversations we had between classes and now mm-hmm. virtual learning is so different. Um, how, how is the pandemic affecting what you guys do? Is it, I mean, are teachers able to make those referrals? Is it, are you guys able to, Mm. to meet in your virtual schools? Like, how is that, how's that happening right now? No, great question. And it's so interesting because my husband's actually a teacher in Oklahoma city. And so we have this conversation all the time. So I'm, I mean, my respect and support for teachers is so huge because, I mean, teachers are, like you said, like, you know these kids on such a deep level. And, I mean, even as a therapist, I see a kid once a week for an hour. But, I mean, the teachers out there are seeing kids um, more than their own guardians. And I know, like, I can't imagine. I'm talking to my husband who loves being an involved teacher and knowing, you know, being a resource for his students Mm -hmm. that this is, allowing it's so hard to have that mentorship level or the ability to get to know students on such a deeper level and maybe not even know what a kid's going through at home. Sure, right. Um, and so my heart's just been, you know, broken for those teachers who care so much. And I think um, for us, we're seeing that too, because, you know, usually you might have some counselors reach out, some students, but I think all the students, all the counselors are so overwhelmed Um with what's going on and how, you know, they can do their job the best they can by also serving their kids. Um, and so um, it's definitely been hard, again, trying to get our groups going. And so that's how we've kind of been affected. So when COVID hit in the spring, um, obviously, and when school shut down, we had to get out of the schools. Mm-hmm. And so we quickly rewrote the curriculum, got a virtual group going. And that was so wonderful because so many of these kids, got to be in groups with other kids from other schools and while it was such an isolating time feel less isolated when grief already in itself is isolating and it doesn't feel fair for adults to go through a death divorce you know incarceration deployment deportation all of these it doesn't feel fair for a little or even a teen to go through them and so then add on you know a pandemic and we're all being isolated and it's trying to separate this blender of is this my grief from the pandemic is this my own personal grief from my loss and that isolation just feels so heavy um and so we loved the opportunity to get these kids in these virtual groups for even if it was just 30 minutes a week you know and to give them that time to talk with other kids um we had a really great response and so being optimistic, we, you know, going into the school, we were like, well, we'll just, you know, keep going. We'll offer an evening group. We'll offer, you know, morning and afternoon. But I think quickly realizing that because of all the schools doing different 
schedules, different yeah. ways. Some schools have given kids iPads or tablets. Other schools haven't. And mm-hmm. so some kids aren't available in the evening because of that or, right. you know, now they're in school. And so I've actually, we had to push our date back for our virtual groups to start. Um, so what I've been doing is over the last probably year, yeah, year now, um, my executive director, Aaron Ingle, he and I try to be very intentional of going and meeting with the heads of different districts to just kind of say like, here we are, this is how we can, we would love to serve you. And so I've been still kind of now trying to meet one-on-one with each head of the district. So um, if I have not, uh, watch out for the heads for me to come talk to you all. So, <laughs> good. Um, but trying to see, okay, what do your students have available to them? What's the schedules like? How can we best serve in this moment? Can to hopefully find a compromising way of like, okay, maybe we're going in this way or we're doing virtual at this time. And so we're still kind of in the planning period of what's going to be best for all the districts um, moving forward. But our goal is to still have, we still will have, you know, some virtual groups in the, like after school hours, yeah, maybe still during the morning and in the afternoon if that's still possible. And that's all through our registration online. And so our website for that is calmwaters.org. And they're able to see our services and then school support groups and fill out a whole online registration for that. And the counselor is able to fill out with the parents' permission. Um, And I always tell the counselors, please, you know, let me know if I need to help you call families and kind of, you know, explain to them who we are, what we do, and I can help register them online if they don't have access to. And so we just want to be as accessible as possible. So we know not everyone can drive up to our groups at our center. Yeah. So if I just want to make sure for our listeners that if if a a student has suffered a loss, Mm -hmm. the parent or the school can access services by going to Mm calmwaters.org and um, and filling out. They can see the schedule, fill out the, the registration form. Is that is that the basic process? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the last thing we wanted to visit with you about is, you know, yeah. right now, um, one thing that I think that has been so cruel about the pandemic is that regular life goes on parallel mm. to it. Mm-hmm. Our kids are still experiencing loss. Um, they're still experiencing divorce and, and imprisonment and all of those all of those deployment. losses. Yes. All those things are still happening, but layering mm-hmm. on the pandemic. Um, how is that affecting our kids right now? Yeah. Um, it's been interesting with a lot of the conversations I've had with parents this summer um, of just the, the grief they were feeling and maybe the problems they were having feel so exacerbated right now. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing so much of these kids aren't able to, be as social as they were before or have that routine of school. Right. And then, um, and then as you all as parents, yeah, no, you're trying to do your, you're not just the role of mom or dad anymore. We're in the role of mom, dad, teacher or guardian as guardian teacher. And I'm also the principal or the school counselor. And so you are having to take on all these roles and how exhausting that must be. And then for the kids to know, okay, like, mom or dad is working right now. Right. Uh, can I, you know, like what, 
are they available? And so um, we see so many of these kiddos feeling more isolated or that control aspect um, is so overwhelming because I realized with the pandemic, we talk to parents all the time about, you know, control and, or sorry, not control, structure and consistency is what makes kids feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And cons- and even without grief, with grief, giving our kiddos structure and consistency. Oh my gosh. And we always, I would like what? some structure and consistency. <laughs> right. So that's what I was going to say. Good so Lord. pandemic hit. I remember the week the pandemic hit and I love my job um, so much that week it hit and people were canceling because we just, again, we didn't know. Yeah. I didn't want to do anything. I felt, I just wanted to go home yeah. and like crawl in bed. And I remember talking to Emily, to Heather, and I was like, what is wrong with me? And I was like, we never grow out of that desire for structure and consistency. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is so true. And we feel a thousand miles away from it right now. But Oh, yes. <laughs> well, um, thank you, Jordan, for taking time to visit with us, and thank you for the services that you're that you're providing our families. This is this is a big deal. I mean, this is big deal stuff for our kiddos. It's a, it it's really big deal is. for an adult, you know, and our mm-hmm. students. It, this directly affects their ability to learn and to engage in the classroom. And I'm thinking of all the students that we referred to during mm-hmm. my career mm-hmm. to Calm Waters, and and mm. such a benefit and a help. Yes. Uh, to oh, our well, kids and, and to our whole system. Yeah. I mean, the education yeah. system as a whole benefits when our kids are mentally healthy. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thank you so much and um, keep doing the good work. Oh, wow. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. We're actually, we're, we'll have the official date soon, but Metro Family is helping us sponsor a free webinar for parents. Yes. about preventing burnout. Oh, I'm in. So Could it be tomorrow? Be on the lookout for that. So <laughs> awesome. um, we will have the official date soon, but thank you guys for having me and giving this opportunity. I really appreciate it. I love doing anything we can to get the word out about our services and how we can serve the community. And they'll just watch calmwaters.org for that information. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. Well, this morning we are joined by Claudia Swisher. Good morning, Claudia. Hey, good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know uh, Miss Swisher, Swish, as she is known, <laughs> uh, a longtime Norman Public Schools teacher at uh, North and West and Mid High and Eisenhower, all over, all over Norman Public Schools, and now uh, thirty retired. plus years. So, um, word on the street, we wanted to visit with you about. Uh, what happens after your career in the classroom every day and, and being an advocate in retirement? And we, uh, word on the street is you're real bad at being retired. <laughs> that, I really am. <laughs> sitting still is not your forte. No. So, no, just can't do that. So talk to us about, um, you know, that transition. Whenever you left the classroom and uh, and obviously you don't just stop caring about kids and families and your community um what has what has it looked like for you to advocate for public schools after your career is complete well you know i've i understand that you know teachers former teachers who've retired or quit to take other jobs sometimes we lose our credibility really fast so i i worked really hard those first couple of years to um, continue to be aligned with 
teachers in the classroom, mm -hmm. um, working folks who would tell me what was going on, because, you know, we lose that, that I, I'm going to call it credibility, where, oh, she hasn't been in the classroom. She's not teaching mm. now. What does she know? I see what you're saying. So, yeah, I, I was nervous about that at first because, it, let's be honest, I've said that about a teacher or so <laughs> yeah. who left to take a, a better paying job. And, sure. you know, I, I didn't want that to happen, but I also knew it would. And so um, what I did was to just stay involved. And these were the um, super indentist years. Yes. And I always tell people that <laughs> oh my I have. I'm sorry. I've I, not heard that term before. I'm sorry. Proceed. Uh, oh, it took me yeah, a second, that, but I'm with it now. Well, no, that I, was, it was I love coined it. by a friend. No, I love it. Um, I'm using it. I, I found out that um, we were going to have to use our big boy voice, big girl voice, um, you know, that teacher voice. And um, I just burrowed in, found friends who were still in the classroom, you know, in the superintendent's office, mm -hmm. and um, just got loud. One of the things I was able to do because I didn't have a day job was to go up to the Capitol more. Mm -hmm. And an awful lot happens, yes, a lot happens in the, the big galleries when everyone's together and, you know, the whole House and the whole Senate is voting on a bill. But at that point, stuff is almost always over. Sure, right? sure. The, the really important stuff happens in interim studies. And teachers don't know about that. We're busy teaching. We're busy working in our classroom with students. And then those committee meetings mm -hmm. are just vital. So I just kind of set up a new job for myself. Obviously, it was a non-paying job. Um, See, this is not retirement. Volunteer. I'm just pointing out. <laughs> it is voluntary. <laughs> uh, I started going up to the Capitol and just reporting out what I saw, what I heard, what people were saying. And I tried sometimes to put some context to it, but I didn't know a lot at the beginning to understand the context and understand that backstory because there's always a backstory sure. to whatever is going on. And so I just listened and listened. Um, I was pretty partisan there for a while. I'm trying really hard to um, break that trend now, mm -hmm. but I just kept telling teachers, you guys, you stay in the classroom, you work with your kids and I'll, watch and listen to what's happening and I'll let you guys know what's happening so that when you vote and when you write letters and when you make calls, you'll be more informed and it will be that teacher perspective of information because we know things other people just don't know. So, so I've, I've finagled a new job. Yeah. And now that it's campaign season, you've also been helping out with campaigns, correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, we understand Jacob Rosecrans, who yes. is one of your uh, state reps down in Norman. He was one of your former students? He was. He was in my class at Central Mid-High. Um, and, you know, uh, that little guy walked in the door and you just knew there was something special about him. He 
would look around the classroom and he engaged everybody in conversation. He spoke to everybody. He he just kind of worked the room <laughs> and That's made cool. everybody feel really comfortable being in class. And when he contacted me again years later to tell me that he was going to be a teacher, you know, he kind of laughed and he said, you probably wouldn't have thought I would be the teacher. And I said, no, you know, you're the kind of teacher I want in the classroom. I want folks who know what it's like to maybe not always get everything the first time, Mm -hmm. who might kind of struggle with this or that, who know how to create a climate and a, a community. So he taught for several years and we would talk in the background about school reform and um, I would tell him, I need you to keep your job. So I'm going to say this on my page on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> you don't say that because I want you in the classroom. And then, you know, it just became more and more apparent that he was just so interested and involved and he wanted to get in there to see how the sausage was made. So and he he ran I think I think this is his fourth race. <laughs> so, you know, we just get out there and we're not knocking doors anymore. We're just hanging um the literature. But um yeah, I I work real hard with for him. So, what does that feel like for you as an educator to see one of your students um become elected and what's that like for you to I mean, hang hang door knockers with his face on them for for voters. I mean, that's got to be, I mean, you must feel so proud. I am. And, you know, and he'll understand I'm proud of what he's doing. And I'm proud of every other one of my students, one of whom is working backstage with you guys, Mm -hmm. um, Joe Duvall. I'm, I'm watching my students make contributions to the, the world and, I didn't understand when I was still teaching and working with young people how gratifying that is to just yeah. watch my kids take over the world. And oh. hopefully they'll do a better job than my um, generation did. But yeah, to see him on the floor of the, the house, knowing I've known him for, I always tell him I've known him for way more than half his life. Um <laughs> It is so gratifying. And when I'm knocking doors and, you know, somebody ha- happens to come to the door, I'll say, you know, I'm I'm out here working for, for Jacob because he was my student. And you can always tell, you know, people kind of look at me differently yeah. and go, oh, my God, this old woman's out there doing that for a young person. Okay. So but I'm hoping it, yeah. So you just about... Uh, had me in tears. I'm thinking about all my former oh my students gosh, me and too. what they're doing. And, and I only taught for two years, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'll probably have to call some right after this. I know. This, I was thinking but, the same thing. <laughs> but, you know, go ahead. I, watched my, I watched my dad. My dad was uh, – my father was my junior high principal. Just hold on to that Oh, my word. I, God yeah. bless you. Like, and, and him. And him, yeah. <laughs> and his dad – was his high school principal, and his mother was his high school English teacher for four years because there were only seven kids in his graduating class. 
And I used to watch my dad get stopped by former students and he wouldn't be able to remember their names. So sometimes he would make up a name and, you know, all, everybody in our family would just go, Oh God. Again. <laughs> but I have social media yeah, and yeah. I've connected. So I'm able to see what my dad couldn't, which is the, as I say, those contributions that they're making to their community and their friend group and watching them just progress as professionals. Um, I've got it so much better than my dad did because I haven't lost them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes, they're yeah. still within grabbing distance, every one of them. <laughs> and that's got to be one of the most rewarding things in our career is, is seeing them become who they were meant to be and mm -hmm. knowing that we had just that a little piece during right. our time with them. Yeah. I've always felt uncomfortable telling people, you know, I want to make a difference. What I really want to do is make a contribution. Yeah. And yes. I just want to be there. Like uh, one mom, one time when I taught elementary, she said, Oh my gosh, you taught my son how to read. And I said, no, I didn't. I was standing next to him when he figured it out, and I was the first one clapping. Oh. Um, that's what I want to be able to do. And that's making me feel I'm able some things. To watch them all. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so this this school year is so mm -hmm. much different than than uh -huh. any before. What message would you give to our teachers right now? Oh my gosh. First of all, I love you. Hang in there. Um, my granddaughter in eighth grade is doing the virtual school this semester mm -hmm. in Norman. And I'm kind of the, the cleanup batter. And I'm walking behind her trying to make sure everything's straight. And I'm seeing their work in Canvas. I see their little virtual classrooms and the communications they have. And, you know, these are just seven teachers out of all of yeah. them in Oklahoma. They are all working so hard. Um, yes. I have a friend, Nancy Flanagan, who actually is in um, Michigan. And she just wrote a really awesome blog post about, you know, take it easy on teachers right now. Right. And she mentioned our teacher, our um, teacher of the year who got booed. At the school board meeting she attended and spoke at. What? And she, yeah, what? she included that story in, in her piece. Teachers are working harder to make sure every single student is being affected the way they need to. Um, they're probably not sleeping well. They're probably not eating well. And I guess one of my messages would be, Take care of yourself this year yes. because we need you next year too. Yes. Yeah. I don't want you to burn out. I mean, that's, that's the thing. You can't serve your kids if you're not able to stay in the classroom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what do you, when you think about everything in some, what, what are you proudest of? What is something that was the most rewarding to you in your career? You know, I think what was most, okay, this is, I loved going to graduations oh, and yeah. just sitting there and hooting and 
I figured out when I taught in the high school and had to actually, you know, march in and sit on the floor, I always finagled a way to get as close to the kids as I could so I could hug them either on their way up to get their diploma or on their way back. And most of my principals tried just as hard to figure out a way to contain me. <laughs> you cannot be contained. <laughs> Say well, no. No, thank you. You know, because one <laughs> one principal told me I just slowed down the procession. I was just going to have to stop stopping to hug people because <laughs> I was slowing things down. There's always time for hugs. That's all I'm saying. There are. And, so. you know, that's it. Just watching those kids take that first step into adulthood. I used to teach in Iowa, and it was a tiny little school. We only graduated 50 kids a year. And because the woman who had taught in my room before helped with graduation, I helped with graduation. Right. You know how that goes. Yeah. And um, we lined the kids up by height. So I'm standing back there backstage with like four of the biggest, tallest boys. And these were big Iowa farm boys. So, you know, they... Yeah. They were strapping kiddos. One of them looked down and he said, oh, my gosh, my sh shoe's untied. Because graduation was so important to this little community, everybody came. It was oh, like, yeah. you know, football here. Um, and he looked down, he had his shoe untied. Well, I just squatted down because I could still do that. I was young. <laughs> and he put this huge foot on my knee and I was just tying that shoe as quickly as I could. And he literally stepped off my knee to go get his <laughs> diploma. The both of us just chortling over that. But I've always loved just celebrating graduations with kids. Oh, man. Well, that, thank you for making us feel all the things this morning. All the feels. <laughs> man, we're now, we have to go now because we have to go find our students and see what they're up to and make sure they're fine. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, for taking the time to visit with us today sure. and and for what you have shared with your students and, and our community. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. Um, we have some great opportunities this week. We have an Ask Your Advocate Southeast Oklahoma edition on Tuesday, October 27th from 4.30 to 5.30. Wait, can we start over? Hold on. Yep. Hold on. Can you put your mic closer to you? Yep. Since I figured out how to balance it, it kept falling over because I had it too far forward on the stand. I think that sounds better. Okay. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. We have some great opportunities this week, including the Southeast edition of Ask Your Advocate on Tuesday, October 27th from 4.30 to 5.30. Now, this is not legal advice. It is your OEA advocate, Cal Ware, who works in the Southeast region. He is going to, um, to let you ask an advocate, basically, which is your chance to ask questions about Oklahoma laws and regulations affecting your jobs. Remember, policies and con contracts vary from district to district, so answers are going to vary. Um, but Southeast Advocate Cal Ware will take your questions in a come-and-go event from 4.30 to 5.30. So look on the OEA Facebook page for more information on Ask an Advocate for Tuesday, October 27th. Um, also, 
on Tuesday, October 27th. That is the day that it is suggested that you mail in your ballot if you're voting by mail to make sure that it gets turned in mail it. Um, and gets to the uh, election board on time. Uh, remember, two stamps and no naked ballots, meaning you've got to put it in that inner envelope and then the outer envelope. Also, uh, don't put it in the mail while you yourself are naked. Your also, good advice, Carrie. Can do you know why? Do you know why an absentee ballot needs two stamps? Because it is heavy and full of democracy. Full. I love it. <laughs> full of democracy. Yes, that is absolutely true. Uh, and get out and vote. I mean, that we're supposed to do that. That's our civic obligation. Yeah. Um, I just I can't imagine not voting. Uh, Kenna is my daughter is licking her chops. Uh, she turned 17 this year. So she's like, I get to vote in the governor election. Yeah. Mm, you're gonna, I think you're gonna, I think she's gonna be three, three weeks shy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But I'm not breaking that to her right now. She's so excited. Yeah. There's enough happening in the world. We don't need to bring that sadness. Yeah. She came home yesterday and she's like, mom. Do you know how horrible a person President Andrew Jackson was? Yes. So we had a whole discussion <laughs> about the horribleness of Andrew Jackson. So anyway, uh, do your civic duty and don't be like Andrew Jackson. <laughs> That's the moral to that story. Uh, we Saturday and Sunday, I mean, usually we don't do Sunday walk days, but we have a special opportunity on Sunday. So I hope everybody goes to the OEA Facebook page and checks out our opportunities for the weekend to um, do easy lit drops uh, or phone bank. I mean, social distance outside, wear a mask. It is so super easy. Get some exercise in um, and apparently get acclimated to the frigid weather. We uh, and Alicia, and I, Alicia and I are both going to the Sunday event. Yes, I cannot. I cannot wait. Wear red for Ed on Sunday, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's going to be a big one. We're doing it in conjunction with AFT. Yeah. It's an educators Walk Day. I love it uh, for a candidate. So go to the OEA Facebook page. Go to the events. Um, it's fun with friends and family. Like last weekend, John went with Catherine and I, mm -hmm. and uh, we knocked out an 84 door turf in 30 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. Getting it done. Getting it done. And we walked three and a half miles doing it. That's awesome. Each of us, not just. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. 5K, getting your steps. That's right. So, um, so anyway, again, go to the OEA Facebook pages and whether it's the candidates that we have organized for or a candidate of your choice, it's important to yeah. be part of the entire process. You know, you know what I saw Glennon Doyle say on Twitter, leave it all on the field. Yeah. I, I love, I love that. Like do your part and on November 4th or whatever day you can, you know that you've done your part. You yeah. can. Historically on the day after election day, I am sick as a dog <laughs> because I've, I've worked every day, long days, uh, doing lit drops after work and on weekends and, and, um, you know, working to, to get pro public education candidates elected yes. and then I am done. <laughs> so, uh, 
I mean, we all have to do our part. And apparently my body then says it's time and for you to rest. It is time to take a break. And, um, and, and so that brings us to uh, our next section, which is, you know what? We are all in, um, in a busy state, mentally, physically, and, um, and we're hearing lots of frightening information about not only our students' mental health, but our educators' mental health. Yeah. And that's really why we had Calm Waters on, uh, on the podcast. And we want to make sure that if you are experiencing some mental health issues, don't hesitate to reach out. Yes. It is so important that you yes. take care of yourself. We are, uh, all, we are, this is an abnormal time for everyone and to, and everybody, everybody is struggling in their own way. And so that's not, you're definitely not alone. You're definitely not abnormal. This time is abnormal. Right. And so it, don't think that, uh, that you shouldn't reach out even, you know, even if you're just feeling it a little bit yeah, or a lot of bit. Yeah. Um, it, you've got to reach out and, um, and, and make sure that you're healthy. So calmwaters.org or their phone number 405-841-4800. They help children, they help adults, they help families. Um, or the suicide prevention hotline 1-800-273-8255. Make sure that you get the help that you need. Yes. You know, we all could use some goodness and light in this world. And since it's Friday, I think we should close out uh, today with uh, Claudia Swisher's Friday blessing. Absolutely. And we know that you have a special blessing that uh, you give on Fridays. Every and Friday. we would be honored if we could close out our show because oh. we pu pu publish on Fridays. Uh, if we could awesome. close out our show with you giving your blessing. So would I you? Would yes, thank you. Um, one of my, I, I teach at OSU. I get to teach the student teachers in secondary. And um, one of my students from last semester sent me a picture of the blessing on her first wall as a teacher oh, on her first sweet. Friday. Oh. And it's Friday. Take care of yourself take care of each other. Buckle up, hug a dad or a mother, tell someone you love them. And now we say, be kind to a stranger. Oh man. Well, thank you so much, Claudia Swisher. And thank you, Jordan Park from Calm Waters for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Over It, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Cavernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.